to the New Story Church podcast. The message you're about to enjoy was delivered live at New Story Church in downtown Los Angeles. For more information, check out newstorychurch.com or visit us any Sunday at LA Trade Tech College. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, New Story Church. My name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. And I am so pumped and excited to be able to share God's word with you. What a privilege it is for me. Um, Before I do that, um, can I just pray for us? Can I just settle our hearts once more? Let's pray. Lord, God, I believe you've called us into this place for a reason. Nobody here is here by accident. God, this is a divine appointment and you wanted us to be here. And so I pray, God, more than anything, that somehow, some way, that you would be the one speaking to every single one of us. What we need, what we need to hear, what we need to receive, I pray that you would be the one to provide that for us today. And so, God, we give you this time now, wanting you to do the good work for us. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, if you've been with us for the past few weeks, or if this is your first time here, We've been on a series called I Am for the past six weeks or so. And today we're going to be wrapping up that series. And this is really talking about the times that Jesus said, I am. And, you know, as I thought about that, you know, I thought to myself, who can get away with something like that? Hey, what's your name? I am, right? I am what? I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, seven times in the Gospel of John, Jesus refers to himself as I am. And through it, he's revealing something about himself. Now, if you were to ask 10 people on the streets of LA, you might have 10 different answers of who this Jesus is. And just like in Jesus' day, we are unpacking who this Jesus really is, letting him speak for himself. And today, we're going to tackle the final seventh I am statement. It's somewhat similar to last week because it's actually the same passage, but I'm going to take a slightly different approach and angle to it, all right? So let me begin with a question for you, and the question is this. Have you ever been hopelessly lost before? Like you were on your way towards a certain destination, but for one reason or another, you veered away not knowingly, and before you knew it, you were completely, hopelessly lost. You know, there was one time where I was hopelessly lost. I was invited to speak at a retreat, and this facility was out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, this was many, many years back when GPS wasn't widely accessible as it is now. The phones didn't have Google Maps on it. This was my phone at the time, okay? Are you guys, how many of you are familiar with Singular, by the way? All right, all you old people like me, okay? Singular, Pac Bell, Singular, that's crazy how we've come to this place, right? All you could do was play Snake on that phone, okay? And at the time, I had to print out directions from MapQuest. So I start out on my journey, and everything is fine until I'm actually out of the city. And I'm following the directions on paper, but something isn't quite right. There was one point in the directions where, you know, the paper didn't seem to match up with what I saw on the road. And if that wasn't bad enough, it was late at night and it was dark. There were no light posts. I felt like part of a horror film where I was going to end up in a place where I didn't want to be in. And nobody would ever know and find me ever again. 
Now, to make matters worse, I lost connection on my cell phone, so I couldn't call anybody. So I did what any smart man would do at the time. I brought this baby out. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with the Thomas Guide map book? This is a physical, literal map, okay? That's what I use because I'm taking this out and looking for directions to find my way. This is what we used before there were cell phones and GPS and cars. And I'm trying to get myself out of the woods by this point, but I just can't do it. So I parked my car along the road, hoping that someone would pass me by. Because at this point, I'm so lost, and I don't want to go deeper and deeper into the woods, into a place that I'm unfamiliar with. So at the time, I'm praying, God, I need help. Please send somebody. This is not the way I want to die, God. And all of a sudden, a car slowly passes by me. And I'm thinking, this must be the sign. I look through the window, and it's an Asian couple, okay? And I'm thinking, all right, they're going to the retreat. There's no way that this Asian couple lives all the way out here, okay? So I'm following them for about 15 minutes on this windy road. And I'm thinking, okay, this doesn't seem right. But what other choice do I have? Follow this Asian couple or die in the woods, right? Now, 30 minutes pass by, and you know what I found out? That Asian couple lives there. They live out there. Now, when I got out of the car, I think I scared them. I startled them because I came out. You live out here now. What are you doing living all the way out here? Now, the good news was, okay, that I asked them for directions, and they eventually led me to the right place. But I ended up 45 minutes away from the opposite direction. Now, why do I share that story with you? Now, I share this story with you because it's really funny who we choose to follow sometimes. Isn't that right? The people we see, the things we see, the news we read, the websites we go to, all of these things, it's really weird who we choose to follow sometimes. There's so many voices saying so many different things. Our parents say one thing. Our professors say another thing. The world we live in says one thing. Different religions say all these kinds of things. But here's the thing. We get to choose who we follow, who we listen to. And so the question for us today is really this. Who do you follow? Amongst all the voices that we hear, whose voice is loudest? Who has the biggest influence? Who has the biggest impact on your life? Well, today we're going to look at a passage that spells for it, that tells us who we ought to follow and why we should follow him. In other words, we're going to find out whose voice is most important and why that is actually important for us. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at John chapter 10. If you have your phones, you could take it out. If you do not have a Bible or a phone, you could follow along right up here with us. We're going to be looking at John chapter 10 from verse 11 all the way to verse 18, okay? John chapter 10, verse 11 to 18. And this is God's word. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, 
and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Amen. Well, let me give you the context because I think the context will help us identify whose voice we ought to follow. In the previous chapter, in John chapter 9, there's this beggar in town. And the way that it worked back in those days was that these beggars kind of had their spots. They would sit and pander every single day. And at the end of the day, whenever they're done, they would go back to their mats where they would lay down and sleep at. The next day, the beggar would go to the exact same spot and do the exact same thing over and over again. And it was so common for the beggars to be in the exact same spot that people actually knew these people. They were familiar with them, okay? Now, this beggar is a beggar because he's blind. See, blindness was an issue back in those days, any sort of disability, really. Whether you were blind or mute, paralytic, or you had leprosy, Right? The religious leaders saw it as a punishment from God. Okay? They had this distorted view of God. You're either punished, either from your father's sin or your very own sin, and that's why you're sick, and that's why you're the way you are. So this beggar gets kicked out of the house and eventually finds himself in the street. Now, one day, Jesus comes by, and he heals this blind man. Now, everyone is familiar with this beggar, and all of a sudden, he can now see. And this isn't something that's done in privacy. This isn't something that's done in quiet. This is a big deal. The blind man that's on Jerusalem Boulevard, if you will, we all know him. He's blind, but now he can see. And so the Pharisees and the religious leaders are all up in arms about this. Look, they're not saying, oh, Jesus, you're such a nice guy. That's so sweet of you, so caring of you. No, they're saying, what in the world? What are you doing? They're so angry that they begin to interrogate this beggar. Now, this had nothing to do with the beggar himself. They just hated Jesus. In fact, they interrogate this beggar about Jesus so much that the beggar basically says, hey, look, why are you asking so many questions about Jesus? Go ask him yourself. He's right there. Why are you bothering me with it? All I know is I was blind, but now I see. So they finally let him go. And when they're out, he encounters Jesus. The Pharisees are following him, and all of a sudden, there's a confrontation. Jesus on one side saying, follow me. And then the Pharisees on the other side say, and the religious leader saying, follow us. Now, as a bystander in the crowd, you might wonder, well, who do we follow? Now, this was a genuinely tough question, and here's why. Because you have Jesus on one side, he taught with authority, he taught with conviction. Up to this point, he, he performed some amazing, amazing miracles. All the while, he also said some pretty crazy things that made people pause a little bit. Like, Jesus, I was with you until you said you're bread, okay? I was with you until you said you're the door, okay? I was with you until you said you're the resurrection. And then on the other side, you had the Pharisees and the religious leaders who were well-known in society. Look, I know the religious leaders get a bad rap, but these people, people actually looked up to these religious leaders because they were so disciplined and so educated. 
but they were also so judgmental and so condescending. They rubbed people the wrong way. And so the question amongst the crowd was, well, who do we believe? Who do we follow? Who should we trust? And I think that question right there is a relevant question for us even today. Because we're faced with the same tough question, except there are more choices than just two. Like, who should we follow? Like, I did a Google search on common sayings in life, and you know what came up? Words such as, whoever ends up with the most toys wins. <laughs> or Nike's phrase, just do it, just do it. Or have it your way. There's no such thing as a free lunch. All good things come to an end. Don't pull all your eggs in one basket. God helps those who only help themselves. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you can't beat him, join him. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And at first glance, all of these things sound good, don't they? They make sense. And how many times have we heard such things? How many times do we actually believe those things? And that's just the tip of the iceberg. We are bombarded with all these conflicting voices from our parents, from our friends, from society, from culture, from universities, and we try to make sense of life that way. And so is there any wonder why sometimes life doesn't make sense for us? And the ultimate question is, who do you follow? Now, Jesus says in our passage, follow me. Like, out of all the seductive voices in the world, out of all these things you hear, follow me. Just, come on, follow me. Now, how can you say that with so much confidence? Now, that's where we get to our seventh I am statement, starting in verse 11. And he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm not any kind of shepherd. No, I'm the good shepherd. I am. You know, we've been saying every week that when Jesus says this, he's basically saying, I'm God. There's nothing higher than me, but he follows it up with a description of what he's like and what he does and what he provides. I am the good shepherd. The fact that I'm God, I don't lord it over you. I don't look down on you. I don't throw lightning bolts at you. I'm not sitting in a high chair, <laughs> you little people. No. You might have a certain perception of me, but seven times I've been saying, this is who I am. And I want you to follow me because I am good. So again, why should we follow Jesus? Why should we listen to his voice amongst all other voices? Two reasons. Two reasons for what good means. First is this. He protects us and wants the best for us. The reason why we ought to follow Jesus is because he's good. He protects us and he wants the best for us. Look at the second half of verse 11 to verse 15. And this is what scripture says. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. You see, a good shepherd protects his flock. Sheep are vulnerable, animals that need a shepherd if it's to survive. Like there are many dangers, right? Many threats, lions, wolves, bears. In the 23 series, back a while back, we learned Right? Why a shepherd carried a staff and a rod? 
Being a shepherd was a very, very dangerous job. So dangerous, in fact, that when someone was hired to watch over a flock of sheep that weren't his, that wasn't, that wasn't their own, basically they would run for safety whenever there was a threat, leaving the sheep flock behind, right? The thinking is, look, I'm not risking my life. It's either me or these sheep. Well, I'll take it. I'm not gonna die. But what does Jesus say? Four times, four times in our passage in verse 11, 15, 17, and 18, four times he says, I lay my life down for the sheep. He's making a contrast between a good shepherd and a bad one. And Jesus says, look, I'm never gonna leave you. I will never abandon you. I will never do that. I will lay my life trying to protect you. There's so many bad shepherds out there, hired hands who don't care for the flock. And throughout the series, what we've been saying is exploring Jesus's I am statements, letting him speak for himself. And he's saying, look, I'm the one who satisfies. I'm the one who forgives. I'm the one who brings protection. I'm the one who brings life. I'm the one who brings hope. And Jesus says, stop following all these other voices that lead to destruction and ultimately death. Follow me and I'll protect you because I want the best for you. Look, some of you this morning, you needed to hear that. You needed to hear that. And at the same time, you're probably hearing the enemy's voice too. Some of you might be thinking, well, all right, if what you say is true, if Jesus is going to protect me and wants the best for me, then why do I feel like that I'm in the wilderness all the time? Why do I always feel like that I'm being attacked? Why do pe people take advantage of me? When is my finance going to turn around? Why are my children so difficult to relate to? Now look, I don't know the specific particular things you go through and why we go through it, but I do know this much, that there is a purpose behind it. Because the reality is we live in a world where the enemy attacks and wants to destroy us. And he will do whatever he can to take us away from hearing and following God. And sheep are susceptible to countless predators that take all shapes, sizes, and forms. But let me tell you something about God. God knows what's best for you. Turn to a neighbor and say, God knows best. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God knows best. And what we can't see, he can. Look, I liken our lives to an illustration I once heard about the lodgepole pine. An unusual evergreen is a lodgepole pine that is seen in great numbers in Yellowstone National Park. How many of you guys have ever been to Yellowstone National Park? It's a beautiful, beautiful place, okay? Beautiful place, and you'll see these trees all over. The cones of this pine may hang on the tree for years and years, okay? And even when they fall, do you know that they don't open? These cones can only be open when they come in contact with intense heat. See, but God has a reason for planting them this way. When a forest fire rages and trees are destroyed, at the same time, however, the heat of the fire actually opens these cones up of the lodgepole pine. And these pines are often the first ones to sprout and grow in an area that has been burned by fire. You see, oftentimes our lives can feel just like that. We're in the wilderness, we're in the forest fire, but God has a better plan. And so whatever you're going through, did you know this? That God knew that you would be in this deficit. God knew that you would feel a certain way. God knew that you would struggle with whatever you're going through. God knew that it would be hard for you. God knew you'd be carrying it now, but God knows best. 
Scripture says, for I know the plans I have for you, God says, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I wouldn't put you in it if I didn't put it in you to overcome it. If you're going to make it, you're going to make it through. I'm going to make it through because Jesus is going to protect you during the wilderness. And the promise is along the way, he knows what's best for you. And you will come out stronger on the other side of that than you've ever been. Amen? Sometimes what God, sometimes what, what, what the best thing is isn't always easy. But God will protect you and me along that journey. And he always knows what's best for you. Now, all he asks of us is that we would hear him, listen to his voice, and that we would follow him. That's the first reason. Here's the second reason. Why should we follow Jesus? Why is he good? And why should we follow a good shepherd? Why should we listen to his voice amongst all the other voices? Because he cares for us and he wants us to be part of his family. If you're taking notes, you could jot this down. Because he cares for us and he wants us ultimately to be part of his family. Look at verse 16, 17, and 18. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Now, for some of us, that's really difficult to hear because some of us, we are fiercely independent people. I'm not a sheep. Nobody owns me. I'm my own person. There's a negative connotation to that, but that's not the way Jesus meant it. He meant it in the most blessed way. How many of you have ever moved long distance before? Okay? How many of you? Okay? And I'm not talking about a move from your home to the dorms unless you came from a different state, all right? Like you packed up everything. You rented a U-Haul or a moving company and you made your long trek. Now the one constant about moving is this, right? bribing others to help you move, right? And the question is asked, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, nothing. Hey, can you help me move? You know, it's going to take up an hour. I only have a couple of boxes. And what's the magical phrase? I'll buy you lunch, <laughs> right? That's how we do things. And so all your friends gather together to help. And two, three hours into it, you start to notice a theme. Your solid wood dresser is yet to be carried up the stair because nobody's volunteering to do that. Everyone is looking at others to see who's going to lift that heavy furniture. And then if they misplace their furniture into the wrong room, oh, sorry, that doesn't belong there. It belongs in that room. What do you hear? <sighs> right? And then what do you eventually begin to hear? Oh, I'm so sorry. I got to leave in about five minutes. I got to water my plants. Yeah. And everyone is now rushing, is not even caring about the fragile things that you own. They bump into things, they chip and dents in the furniture, they just drop things off wherever they want. But when everyone leaves and you're all alone, what do you do? You start moving that lamp five inches closer over to that place where you want it to be. You grab all the pictures and you place it up exactly where you want it to be. All the boxes that were unceremoniously dropped in each room, you now lovingly and carefully unpack each one. Question, 
What's the difference here? Why? Why do you care so much about where everything goes? Why? Why do you care about lovingly, uncarefully unpacking those things? Why? You want to know why? Because it's yours. You own it. It belongs to you. You know what Jesus is saying? You're mine. You're mine. And I'm going to handle you with care. There's so many voices in this world, so many voices that promise you life and life abundant, so many hired hands, and we can follow any single one of them. And some of them might not even be bad at all per se, but none of them will bring us to abundant life, a life of purpose, a life of meaning like the good shepherd will because he be- we belong to him. We are owned by him and he cares for us. You see, I think when it comes down to it, it's this is that Jesus is concerned with people, that people matter to him. And you are owned by the good shepherd. You belong to him. You're not just going to be tossed into life. You're not just going to be shoved out there. You won't be unceremoniously dropped somewhere. No, you're going to be lovingly put where you need to be. You're going to go through struggles. You're going to go through difficult times. But each step of the way, the good shepherd will lovingly be right there with you, guiding you. And when you lose your way and you get lost for whatever reason, he goes searching for you. You know, I'm reminded of the parable of the, 90, of the 100 sheep, right? There's 100 sheep. 99 of them are safe. Only one of them is lost. And what does he do? He still goes after the one lost sheep, calling you to come back. John, Danny, Christine, Rebecca, Sarah, Do you hear my voice? Do you hear me? And he's speaking and he's calling out, but sometimes it's hard to hear because we have all these other voices that drowned out the voice of God. We follow celebrities. We follow our jobs, success, fame, but none of these things are good shepherds. They're all hired hands. And again, the hired hands might do the job and sometimes they do a great job, Sometimes they do their job just fine. But when things get hard and things get difficult, the hired hand bails because that's all they can do. They will always disappoint and fail you. But the good shepherd, he died for you. The good shepherd laid down his life for you so that you could have meaning and purpose and abundant life. Amen? Let me close with one final illustration. It's kind of like this. There are moments in our lives where we hear God very clearly. We hear him crystal clear. It's kind of like this, like this still small voice. And God's voice is usually like this, very calm. Now, whether we believe in God or not, the reality is God's always speaking. And even if you're not a Christian, there are moments you feel like you're hearing a word, don't you? Like maybe you thoughts crossed your mind. There has to be more to life than just this. Maybe I'll check out something different. Maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe you felt this nudge. Maybe I should check it out. Because he's always calling and speaking just like this track. I want you to listen to his voice real quickly. He's always 
speaking just like this. It never stops. But then all of a sudden, there's a competing voice that comes into our life. Does God not really care? A voice that tells a different story. Does God not really care? A voice that leads to destruction. Being successful is being rich. Does God really care? Being successful is being rich. Everybody's doing it. Being successful is being rich. Does God really care? Everybody's doing it. Being successful is being rich. Does God really care? Everybody's doing it. Being we can no longer hear the voice of God. And we have to push aside all these voices aside. So we can just hear God again in a still small voice. You see, His voice is always there. I know this much Jesus is calling you. And there's some of you in here that He's been calling for a long time, for a while now. The only question is. Do you hear him? And if you're here for the very first time, and this is the first time you ever heard how deeply you are loved by Jesus, how he would lay down his life for you, the good shepherd, how he wants to guide you to a life of abundance, a life of purpose. If you're hearing that for the very first time and you want somebody to talk to, we'd love to talk to you. It would make our day. We'll have some people from the prayer team in the center aisle to my left, to your right. I just want to encourage you to act on that voice. For others of you, maybe you're believers in here and you're thinking, man, I've been following everything else besides the good shepherd recently. I've been, eh, I've been everywhere trying to do everything except be like Jesus. If that's you and you need to get back on track, mark something on the connection card and we would love to follow up with you. Or the prayer team is there as well, or better yet, why don't you join a small group and start walking with people who can keep you accountable, to have a community who can encourage and build you up and keep you on the right track. With so many things in the world, so many voices to follow, so many choices to choose from, but only one voice will lead to abundant life. And so Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Follow me. You know, throughout the series, we've been intentionally creating space to respond. And I want to give you a few minutes just to sit before God in his stillness. And I wonder what he might be saying to you today. The only question is, do you hear him? close this in prayer and then I'm going to give you a few minutes in silence and the stillness before God because I think God has a word for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I believe 
that every single person in here, they are here because you wanted them to be here. That this is not an accident, but this is a divine appointment. And so I pray, God, in the midst of all these other voices, that somehow that we will be able to push it all aside and that we will hear the one true voice that we need to hear today. So open up our hearts and our minds so that we can do just that. Thank you for your encouragement that you are the good, good shepherd. Not just any shepherd, a good shepherd who protects us, wants the best for us, who cares for us, and wants us to be part of that family. So as we sit still before you now, oh God, God, would you talk to us the words we need to hear this afternoon. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you were inspired by this message, we hope you'll share it with a friend and subscribe to our podcast. Or best of all, come visit us in person at our LA campus. For directions, service times, and more info, check out newstorychurch.com. Thanks again and see you soon. Thank you.